Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. I am so excited today to bring you a workshop all about websites with our website agency owner, designer, Kelsey Gilbert Carling. She's going to give us all the tips on how to make our websites more effective, where we should be putting our marketing energy in 2024. And um, I just know that we're going to walk away with so many things that we can take and immediately change to help us bring in more of those ideal clients and hopefully make this year feel a little bit better um, for for booking and things like that. Kelsey, I don't know if you've heard of this thing, but the wedding photographers especially are feeling like there is an engagement gap from like after COVID. Yeah. Have you heard this? Yeah, so I've heard a little a li- bit about this. There's like a little stress around 2024 weddings in particular. And so I think any kind of like helping us connect with people that are really looking for what we're doing is going to be so exciting. So yes. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so delighted to be here. I know we were talking a little bit about this, but we've been doing a lot of photography websites lately and it's such a joy because no one has better content. Like no one has better content than photographers. Right. Uh, so it's always like some of the projects that our team is the most excited to work on. You're like, oh yes, you know, they're going to come in ready. <laughs> it's always beautiful. It's always aesthetic. So much yes. content to add in there. Yes. So good. Yes. What's your background with working with websites? Have you been uh, designing websites for a long time? Like how did you get into this side of your business? Yeah. So I actually went to school for fashion design and um, have a a degree in, um, I jokingly say, ironing because it's the uh, least appreciated component of, of sewing. But I have a feeling your uh, your listeners also can appreciate a good steam moment. So, oh, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I actually got started in uh, in the fashion space and was working in kind of like a digital capacity. Had started a online fashion publication while I was in school, and then sort of just like yes, anded my way into like covering Fashion Week while I was also at class. I'd be like, hey, can I? I got to take some time off to go cover these shows, and they'd be like well, you're in fashion school, so we can't really say no. Do you want extra credit? And I was like, sure. <laughs> so when I left, my actually my first um, like non-digital job, I was making custom wedding gowns for people. So um, started out kind of in that space. And then ultimately, because I was, you know, in my early 20s, didn't necessarily have the stability um, and, and um, you know, s- structure to have an entirely freelance career at that stage. So transitioned to working in a digital agency, eventually moved over to a restaurant group in the hospitality space where I started building websites for my um, employer while also maintaining an online digital publication for them. So it was kind of an interesting roundabout way where building websites was an accessory to the rest of the work that I did. It was a way that I was expressing my design portfolio or then my, um, you know, my bridal uh, work or uh, in that case, my employer's new restaurants they were opening. But my business partner, who is my best, best friend, came along. She was working in retail. Uh, She owned multiple boutiques in Chicago and was ready to get out. She came to me and was like, would you be interested in going into business together? And um, the next thing we knew, we were hearing from a client, a potential client who was asking if I knew anyone who built websites for hospitality clients. And I was like, 
let me hmm. let me look around <laughs> for you. So I called up Mallory and I was like, hey, I think we should pitch this. Like, we're probably not going to get it, but it's good practice. You know, I, I always am like very into the idea of just like work as practice. And um, we pitched it, we got it, and we had a check with our, our company name on it before we had a bank account. So it really took, it, you know, it started with like, this is a tool that I use to do my work uh, and then transitioned into a company that was really centered around helping other people do that if they didn't necessarily have the technical skill set. So it's a little bit of like a weird background that leads into building websites on Squarespace, but um, you know, we're, we're about to turn 10 years old this year and have built, um, at this point over 800 websites for all different kinds of clients. Um, lots of photographers, nonprofit organizations, lots of hospitality clients, and, uh, it's been a real journey. That's amazing. I, I love pe hearing people's creative journey stories. Cause I think it's not that uncommon to start in one industry and, one step leads to the next step, which leads to the next step. And um, and I think when we kind of keep our eyes open for opportunities, that like that next thing that could be the thing might be right there and we might just be like not seeing it. So I love hearing yeah. that, Kelsey, because I just think our listeners too, I had that as my story as well. I was in one industry and switched. And so, you know, always keep your eyes open. You don't know where that next thing might lead, lead you. I also think that like, the things that build your your individual personal foundation, um, they don't change that much. So, like I, when I when I first transitioned from like working in fashion design to doing more more digital work, people would be like, "Do you miss Do you miss design? Like, do you miss being creative?" And I always thought that was such a funny question because it was like I'm using the same tools. Like, it's a different medium. Uh, I used to joke that I just had a lot less string and pins laying around my house, but I've recently gotten very into crocheting. So that is no longer true. There's little pieces <laughs> of yarn all over my house. Um, but I think like if you figure out the things that really fulfill you and find then a way to make a career that scratches that itch while also supporting what you need to like be a business owner, that's the magic, right? So whether I'm building a website or designing a dress or crocheting a little stuffed toy for my son, I'm still activating that same part of my brain that is like very intrinsic to me. Yeah, no, that is so good and so encouraging. So, well, okay, I'm excited to dive into talking about websites because Kelsey, we need to know, where do we need to be putting our marketing effort in 2024? If someone's out here listening, feeling like they're spinning their tires on Instagram or spinning their tires on trying to be on every social media platform, I mean, those things are amazing, but are websites still a thing that we need to put effort into in 2024? Yeah. I mean, I obviously am biased, so I think you can kind of <laughs> take that with a grain of salt, um, but I will tell you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't build a career. I wouldn't build a business. I wouldn't build a life around something that I thought wasn't um, legitimate. <laughs> and I think now more than ever, yes, like social media is and has been for many people incredibly powerful. If you catch that wave at the exact right moment, it's it can feel like flying. Um, I think what is challenging about social media no matter no matter the the platform is that you will always be playing someone else's game and i don't think of 
websites as a replacement for social media, as a replacement for any more community-driven ways of sharing your work. I think of it as a central hub, that it is your space. It is, a, it is from a, just a mere search functionality perspective, you want to be in charge of the first thing that people see when they look for your name. And that's, I think, always, especially for individual um, creatives, small business owners, entrepreneurs, that's really important. And you also want to be able to shape and refine the way that people understand your work. There's, there's no one listening to this who has ever had a super linear progression of their creative practice. It's just not how it works, right? Um, and I think a website offers you a place to set that tone, to be the voice on record about your own professional career, and it can act as a directory towards those other efforts. I think one of the things that we now understand really clearly about social media is that each network has a different community. Like, I'm a little bit older. I'm not on TikTok as much because I realize it makes me not be able to fall asleep at night, right? So if someone's putting out a lot of effort to try and find Kelsey, you know, a 36-year-old mother of one, you know, like entrepreneur, you're going to find a lot of people like me, but you're not going to find me. And that doesn't mean I'm not on others, other, um, other platforms like Pinterest or Instagram or newsletters, right? So I think you want to be able to find and identify where your target communities are and be able to direct a message to them in an individual way using those different platforms. But I always think of a website as like, this is the book of you. Like this is the record. Um, and ideally you have a website that you can yourself edit and update and continue to evolve as your business evolves so that that book of you can stay current. Everyone knows how annoying it is to look back and be like, oh, my Pinterest, you know, my, my interests, Instagram, feed doesn't represent the work I do anymore, but I don't want to get rid of this for engagement or whatever. Like there's a lot of factors why you are tied into a specific moment in time on those, those platforms. Um, and, and you don't own it. Like that's the hard thing is when these algorithmic shifts happen. Um, I feel terrible for people who were on top and are now at the bottom of the wheel, but it's also very difficult to control because they're not there to work in your best interest. They are there to work in their best interest, especially if they're publicly traded companies. And I'm just never a proponent of people leaving their business in someone else's hands in that way. Um, so that's always like my soapbox is just like, I don't care where you do it. Own a central center part so that you can have spokes that go off to different things and you can change those at your will. Uh, while still keeping your core, your center, and the story of you like whole and maintainable. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, and, and the website can really it can um, double down on what you're putting out there in your marketing. Like it can confirm the quality that you're putting out there, the type of client you want to work with, or it can do the opposite too. Like if we're not updating our website or not keeping it current, or we're like, oh, no one looks at this, and so I don't need mm -hmm. to put effort into it someone could click over and be like, this doesn't line up with the rest of, I'm sure you've had that experience. This doesn't line up with the quality of what you're putting on Instagram or what you're doing yes. in these other places. Now I'm confused. Um, so yeah, I totally, that like hub of what you own that kind of tells your brand story, shows your most current work. So yeah. important. I also think like there's a little bit of the myth of mobile 
mobile is obviously like a very important way that we all consume the internet. Um, but when we have clients come to us and say, everybody's on mobile, no one's on desktop, I need to have a completely mobile first experience. First thing I ask them is like, do you have analytics on your current site? Pull them up. <laughs> because in many cases, for websites specifically, people are finding you on mobile and then revisiting you on desktop to learn more, to dig deeper. I don't think that we in general have a completely like laptop desktop free way of moving through the world. I think we consume a lot of social media on our phones. I think we look for a lot of in the moment information and things like reading, right? Like Substack, like that's an amazing on your phone activity. But if it was me and when I was looking for photographers for wedding or for other things, I, I might go through and like favorite some people and then go look at their sites because I know I'm just going to see like a glimpse through social media. But if I want to learn more and dig deeper, I'm going to go to someone's website to see galleries, to see, um, you know, portfolio of their work, to contact them. Because I just kind of assume that like no one's responding to their DMs. Like I just, I, maybe that's like an antiquated way of thinking, but I, that's the worst way to get a hold of me. So I'm just like, well, like let's, let's just reach out to them and, and put something in their inbox that they can then come back to. Totally, totally. So I'm guessing that standing out with your website is really important, especially as there's more and more people in our industries, more news being thrown at people. Do you have any thoughts or questions we can ask ourselves to help us figure out how to stand out, how to show how unique we are? Um, I think that that's where a lot of people get stuck is like, well, how do I stand out? How do I be myself? Yes. I mean, and that I think is more challenging now than ever with templates, with, you know, these like codified aesthetics. Um, what you would have 10 years ago described as just like a thing you like, you could find, oh, now there's an entire like movement online that is this style. And I think that makes it very difficult for people to identify their individual approach. Um, and we don't like when we build websites for clients, we don't start from templates. We start with having a conversation with them where we say, ideally, they have some kind of brand done before working with us because it's just hard to do all of that in, in, in the time that we work together. Um, but what we start asking them is like, what do you want people to come away from your website knowing about you? What do you want people to think of when they see your work? Uh, what are some sites you like? What are some sites you don't like? And we really don't get into these conversations about like, how do you describe yourself? Because the minute that you start trying to describe yourself with like existing language, it can be very easy to say like, I fall into this, you know, cottage core aesthetic with a Marie Antoinette twist. Like none of that tells you anything about me as Kelsey and as a person. So I think sitting down and especially in the creative industry, like who you are as an individual is so important. There's always going to be people who want to buy a template that looks like this one site, right? Or this one logo. That's fine. That That's okay. They can do that. That's an amazing stepping stone to finding their own perspective. But everyone who begins a creative endeavor has a reason for doing so. 
let us all be very honest with ourselves. If we wanted to make money as our primary driving life force, there are a lot of easier ways to do it. <laughs> like I can think of a hundred easier ways to make money if that was your goal. And it, honestly, if you're listening to this and you want to just do that, there are other easier ways to do it. But I think everyone who is driven by a creative fire has a reason. And if you can quiet all the external stimulus to just start thinking about what moves you, like what is your purpose? So for me, I like building websites, but I love, 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 love seeing people flourish in their work. I am really driven by that on my team side. Like I love seeing my design team come in at one one play, one tier on the ladder and like continue to ascend in their design skills and abilities. I love seeing our clients have like happy tears when they see their websites for the first time. So I have had to build a business with my partner that is centered around how do we keep people at the middle of our, of our work. And I think if you're a photographer, if you are an artist, you're a designer, you're creative, there is a reason why you're doing this. So you have to sit down and ask yourself, what is the thing that I'm most passionate about? If you're a wedding photographer, you're inevitably going to be asked, can you do this style? Can you do that style? Until you form your own creative vernacular, but you will get there. And using that period of experimentation is going to be so helpful um, as you like build your, your own personal brand. Your website should reflect that, but you can't be afraid to continue to evolve it. Um, that's the last piece of this is no one's style is static. It's no one's perspective is static. No one's creative vision is static. And so having something that you can continuously add, add to and update. Um, I love when clients come back to me and say two years on, Hey, it's time to do something different. It's like, great. You've been doing the work. Let's, let's change it up. I love that. I love that. Um, what I would, where would be a good place to start if we're trying to figure out like, all right, is there, do you point people to past clients they loved working with? Kind of when you're doing some of that more ideal client work or style work, like past stories from their, mm -hmm. from their life, um, anything that can start to pull those threads too as you're experimenting? Yeah, I think doing as much work as you can early on is great. Um, always charge something because the exchange of money and a contract is an important um, way to keep working relationships positive, even if they're family, even if there's someone you love and adore, even if it's $100, just do it. You will not regret it. Um, do as much work as you can. Start pursuing work that you want to do. Like imagine, oh my God, when I'm putting my portfolio together, I want to make sure I have X, right? Maybe that's a styled uh, shoot with other people who are collaborators. Maybe that's something that's a little bit different and a little bit more creative. I always say that successful creatives portfolios should show the work that they benefit the most from, right? Whether that's creatively, financially, whatever, the work that they want to do more of for, uh, for practical reasons. And it should always highlight aspirational work, work they want to do more of for, uh, those less tangible reasons. Sometimes if you're lucky, <laughs> right, those two can collide and, and the work that you feel like really, really fed by emotionally, mentally, and creatively can intersect. Um, 
but do both, right? Do work that is going to help you pay your bills, do work that is going to help you feed your soul and keep doing as much of that as possible and finding ways that those two can mesh together. Because like we build websites for lawyers and doctors and, and professional services folks. They've gotten to the point where they come to us because they hear, you know what, if I work with you all, I get a website for a professional services company that feels more creative and more interesting than what other people in my industry have. So like as much as I love building websites for photographers, and we do because they have the best content or other creatives, like the truth is, is that lawyers and dentists and doctors still need websites. So when you're able to start bringing those two things together, that's when I feel like people's real creative success takes off. So thinking about, okay, what are those two buckets? How do I form those two and keep pushing them ahead? And then ultimately, how can I bring those together? And then I think the intersection of that is ultimately like your secret magic um, that you can really bring to the table. I feel like what you just said there is so important to think about because I do think creatives especially can get caught up in, oh, it needs to only be the passion projects instead of finding this way that's a little bit more um, supportive of us as whole people and as business owners, where we view them in two buckets and like blend them together. I think that what you said is so important to take away from this, from this talk. Yeah. I think hardship obviously breeds creativity, but you can only bear so much. (laughs) And if you're someone who's like really trying to make a creative career, but you have responsibilities in your life. Um, it's it can be really hard, and it can it can feel like, oh, should I take this project? It's kind of boring, but it can it's going to pay well. If you can think about those not as sacrifices that you're making for money, but steps that you're taking towards finding your unique and intrinsic value, that like that's the path and the journey. Um, yeah, I was reading this like story recently or Michelangelo was writing a letter to someone. He was like, this is killing me. <laughs> he's like, oh, this yeah. 16 chapter. And he's like, I hate this. This sucks. My back hurts. <laughs> my arms hurt. My face hurts. You know, now we look back on that and we're like, oh, that is one of like the most incredible pieces of, you know, expressive art people line up to see. He was doing it because it was a Google job, right? Like it was, you know, it was yeah. his local, it was his local, like, fine, I'll do it. You know, I'll lay on my back and pay the chapel for a hundred years. And the whole time he's like, this is the worst. So I think just remembering (laughs) like that you're not selling out, you're just like paying your rent and that's okay. Like that is a very normal part of a career in a design and creative space. Very few people get to make the work that they love. Jeff Koons has an entire team of people who make his balloon dog sculptures for him. And I imagine that's because he's like, if I have to make one more freaking balloon sculpture, I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm out. I'm out. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, can we change this a little bit to talking about communicating value? Because I think that this yeah. is another thing that people get so caught up on. And I know when we click onto a website, we make an immediate conclusion of like, what's that going to cost? How is this valuable to me? You know, where does this person fall in some lineup? And um, that can be really disheartening to people. But also, I think that when we learn some of the tricks of how to communicate value, it makes it way less personal and way more kind of like 
a strategy in our back pocket that we can use, you know? So yeah. what's your take on communicating value? Well, I think it's been very interesting to see the rise of like quiet luxury uh, in people's consciousness because one of the things that to me signals quality in a website is less, less in a meaningful way. Like when I click onto someone's website and I see a ton of stuff going on, I think like, oh, this person is just throwing against the wall. Like they're just trying to get something to stick. And that's, is never going to help people feel like, oh, you're competent, you are clear, and you are intentional in your work. Competence, clarity, and, intent and intentionality are three things that you really can only earn by experience. And experience is the thing that makes people more expensive in a like lasting and real way. Um, and I think that when it comes to websites, when it comes to creativity, it can be so tempting to say, I want to put every piece of work I've done. I want people to see that I've done a lot of work. But for our clients who are charging the most, the clients that are really your kind of top tier clients, um, we work with this one absolutely incredible collaborator. Her name's Gina Esposito, company's Anae Atelier. And her website has a lot going on, but she's showing select images from these really incredible high-end engagements that give you just enough to be curious. And I think that confidence in being able to say, here's my best work. I would love to have your work aspire to be on this list immediately helps people convey a sense of value. Now, not everyone is going to be there, right? So I think you have to figure out for your tier, for where you are in your career, how do you convey the value that is going to keep you working with the folks that you want to work with in the price range that's comfortable for you and for them? So I don't think that everyone who is, say, beginning their creative career should start with a website that looks like the Hermes site. <laughs> like that's a heritage brand. It's been around since the 1800s and they can spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on ca on, on campaigns that are refined by hundreds of people. Um, that's not a reasonable, reasonable uh, expectation for yourself. But I think doing less is always going to help people feel that you have more confidence in what you show. So choose your five favorite pieces and start there. Um, and then I think people also want to work with people that they connect with in creative spaces. So you don't need to tell everyone your life story, but I do think that it's important to have like a, a reason why people should work with you and knowing that it, learning that from the people that you've worked with, having good testimonials, having clarity around why people like to invest in your services is also going to help your website really shine. Love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, I love I love the soft luxury example. And we sometimes in our coaching programs, because we like to be a little bit spicy, as I'm like, this is the big DE energy, you know, like this is the, the BDE of like, 
the confidence and the, you know, um, you don't have to yell it at people. You yeah. have to know who you are. Yeah. Um, and you can see that in your marketing and your website. Well, and we're going through app. that. Like my company is called Week of the Website. We're going through that right now. We have a website where you can go see tons and tons and tons of our work. You can see our most recent launches. You can see some of our favorites. You can click through and you can see our entire archive. Personally, I use that archive to filter for projects when I'm putting together proposals because it's just like really easy for me to have access to. Not everyone needs to see that. Um, we're going through and we're doing a huge redesign that helps us reposition who we are in the market because in the last year, we've started taking our process and we've started working with enterprise clients. So instead of just doing a website in a week for a small business or um, you know a, a, an individual entrepreneur, we're now taking that method and that modality and applying it to these more significant enterprise projects. Well, my website right now, our company's website doesn't reflect that. So we're going through a whole redesign and repositioning to show less so that the people that we want to work with more can imagine themselves there. And I think the more you show, the more you pigeonhole yourself. And it's harder for individual clients who see themselves as unique to like really put themselves in your, in the shoes of working with you. So I think that's the other piece of just being a little bit more restrained in terms of showing your best work and the work that you want to do and the work that you love to do rather than showing every piece you've ever done. Totally. Totally. Well, also, what's another I have, okay. sorry, I have one other like very important thing. Yes. Keep your brand tight. Like <laughs> keep your color palette six. You can have six colors. Okay. One needs to be very light. <laughs> one needs to be very dark. You can have some in there to play with, but that's my rule for you. You get no more than six. You can have two, maybe three type styles. But like, keep it tight because the minute you start bringing a whole bunch of different stuff in, no one's going to be like, wow, that really hit the nail on the head for that very specific <laughs> instance. They're going to be like, that doesn't look like anything else on this website. What's going on here? Like, That's actually one of the reasons. Be. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I love Squarespace for clients is because it kind of puts them in a bit of a walled garden so that, you know, you preset all the styles, you preset all of the colors. And then only recently did they add the ability for you to change like the color of individual words. And I was just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> because I'm the person that they have to do those things for is like to, to constrain. Cause I'm like seven fonts on one paper. Why not? You know, like Why I, know not? I know better, but I like, I have to work actively against my brain to be like, but maybe I'm colorful today. I don't know. So this you is my own. That if that's the choice, <laughs> right? Like if that's the, if that's the brand that you build for yourself, that's yeah, yeah. cool. I just think like there has to be the intentionality. I so aspire to be that, right? Like this is a very, you caught me in like a pretty neutral outfit day. Um, I think I was trying to dress for the calm I would like to feel in a whirling house of child chaos. Um, but like my favorite dress has bananas with boobs on it. Like that's my, you yeah. know, it's a little different. Um, but I just like, I can't stick it with that as my like visual identity because I, it does feel all over the place. So knowing like, okay, this is what I like as a person. And then it's like, okay, well, but what is... If your business was a person, you know, you imagine them as your twin, you're not the same, 
you may overlap in many ways, but your business is not you. You are not your business. Your business is inspired by the things you love. It's informed by the history that you have. But who is that? I think then you give them a little bit more of a solid personality and it's uh, it's easier to kind of put that out there in the world. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I have found this is a little bit of a tangent for that piece of me that's like, ooh, squirrel, let's like <laughs> rebrand to all yellow today, you know, like um, that kind of as I've grown my businesses, now I can have multiple brands. And so now I like I have a colorful brand and I have my more elegant photography brand. And that's fun because then I can just like channel that. I love to, like, that. Different thing. I love that. I also think thinking about, um, and I, I can't take credit for this. This comes from my business partner, Mallory, who heads up all of our marketing um, and our team. But we think of our brand as a spectrum, right? Where like different things that we do in our brand have, uh, they stray from our core brand identity in varying ways. So like our Instagram is the furthest away from our like codified brand, our logo, our typefaces. That's where we use other colors, other styles. We bring things in that complement it, but they're not the same. Our newsletter is like way super stringent to our brand uh, because it's just like we have less flexibility in that space website stays really at the center, but we have certain areas like our podcast that's like much more colorful and bright. And I think that's another good way where you can kind of exercise your, um, you know, like your, your desires to push your, your personal brand is figure out, okay, if website's in the center and this side is very, very, you know, very, very, uh, like, like, um, conservative in terms of staying, straying from the brand, then what's on this site and where can I have a lot of fun? I think Pinterest is such a great place for this because it, the sense of like brand identity there is not as crucial. The yeah, sense of creativity no there. No, there's no rules because everything's disconnected. Like you yeah. can go in and be like, cool mood board. But the whole point of a mood board is to bring in different pieces of things. So finding the places in your work that you can be wildly expressive without like confusing people about who you are, I think is a really good practice to just be like, okay, this is my go wild area. <laughs> like I have no followers on TikTok, so I just will post whatever and like, it'll then just test it out. It's so fun to find those spaces <laughs> that have like a little bit more give to them where you won't be penalized for it. Totally. Yeah, totally. The, uh, the unhinged area of uh, marketing. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, everyone's got to cut loose sometimes, right? Right. Totally. Uh, well, do you have any specific tips or ways that we can change things? Like, I guess when someone comes to a website, what's one of the main things you need to make sure it's able to do? For creatives, I want you to think about the way to show your work best and clearly. Like, that doesn't mean you have to show a lot. It doesn't mean you have to just show one thing. But I do want you to find a way to do that in a way that's easy for you to edit and update. That's really important to me. We're going through on our site and we wanted to design this really cool tagging feature. And the designer who is building the site, because um, even I, even a web designer does not build their own website sometimes. It's too, you're too close to it, right? Um, my question was, hey, this part of the website I use almost every week to update new content. I don't want to have to use 
code to change these images. I don't want it to be hard. So whatever we need to do to keep this part easy, because I know this part being easy contributes to me being better about keeping our website updated, having like an understanding of what's cool versus what's usable. Um, I think every time we work with a client, the question that I ask them is, what do you want people to do when they come to your website? What do you want people to do? Not what you want them to see. It's important to know what you want them to feel, but what do you want them to do next? Because a website is functionally a marketing tool, right? It's sales, it's marketing, it's portfolio. But the only reason we show, port we show portfolios is because we want people to work with us. So thinking about what you want people to do next. I am very, very pro a, um, a scheduling tool for people who are looking to book work. If you want people to book work with you, make it very easy for them to book work with you. Like if you go to our website and you want to build a website with us, you can pick a time to talk to me or Katie or Mallory, like someone on our sales team, because we don't want there to be friction between you, me, and booking a website. Um, that said, if you have too many people reaching out to you, a very specific contact form can be a great way to introduce friction uh, in a good way. We think about this as kind of pre-clearing people. So we do a mixture. Um, we've got the ability for people to book a call with us. But then when you go through and you use the Calendly form, we ask, like, are you prepared to invest at this level for your website? Do you have X resource or, like, X assets for us to build your site? Are you going to be able to do this, this, and this that we need from, like, our ideal clients? So make it easy for people to book with you and then make it very easy for people to understand what they're getting into when they work with you. Um, I think is like always going to be my, my main thing, uh, when it comes to building websites, I generally don't love contact forms because just contact forms that go nowhere. I think people have this expectation that like, they're going to go into the abyss and never be seen. Um, hilariously, we had a general contact form that was kind of hidden on our website that we forgot to change out when we switched CRMs. And um, this fall, I came across like 30 inquiries that um, had been lost to me. And I was like, oh my this is this is why. And you know what? It's been fine. We've been able to like, we, we emailed the people that were appropriate and, you know, made the apologies. But I think having a lot of clarity and intentionality around how you use contact forms is important because as a person who uses the internet, I'm just going to go look for an email address. So I either want to book a call with you or I want to just find your email address. And I think keeping that in mind can be really useful for folks um, when it comes to having your website be functional. And then make sure that it, it connects to the other places that people can find more about you because it works in reverse too, right? I will find websites that I love, but I want to go look at their Instagram because I want to see what they're like as a person. I want to see what their most current work is like. I want to see what they're doing today. Um, so finding ways to integrate social media, if you are doing it consistently into your website, can be an amazing way to make your website feel like it's constantly being refreshed and updated while you're already using the tools. Squarespace has some amazing Instagram integrations that can feel just really beautiful and very fluid. And I'll link it, I'll, I'll share a couple websites um, uh, with you, Kristen, after this that have good examples of that. But yeah, make it easy for people to find you. Make it easy for people to contact you or not easy if you, if you need it that way and make it simple for them to see what you're doing today um, so they can really connect with you and begin working with you. I love those tips. 
I, I noticed in the photography industry specifically, but I think this happens everywhere is we look to someone who um, we admire, like maybe that's someone that's been in business for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I should post the way they do. I should make my website the way they do. I should make their process the way they do. Yeah. And I think you have to be careful there because someone that is really, really far ahead in their business is probably putting up way more of those walls, you know, like I'm going to yeah. make it harder for people to reach out to yeah. me because I can't handle the amount of inquiries that I'm getting, or yeah. I only want to take five X, Y, Z things a year or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, if we're earlier in business or we want more inquiries, having a really long contact form or making it really difficult for people to reach out or pay us is not going to help us the same way it's going to help that other person. Yes. You make such a good point. I mean, that is truly like something to keep in mind. I also really like a unique pricing strategy when you're getting started. Um, There's a photographer that I have worked with multiple times in Chicago Um, her name is Nicolette Nunez. She's amazing. Like she did my bio photos and then I brought my whole family of 12, 13 of us in to do family photos. She's, you know, and one of the reasons that I feel so confident booking with her is that she has a really innovative or, or what I've considered innovative based on my other experiences way to book, which is that you can go online, you can pick a date, you pick your package, you pay a sitting fee, and then you pay for photos afterwards. And, um, she's amazing. She does a lot of, you know, styling and consult, like consulting through it. And every time I've ended up being like, I will buy all of them. And then also I want to buy more that you maybe didn't edit, or can you edit these for me and then have them? So like, I never think about, oh, it's going to cost me X amount of dollars. My first thought is I can get on her schedule for the day that I want and pay this much money, which my brain reads as like a really marginal, like a marginal investment for the quality of what I'm going to receive. And I'll book her every time I'll send my clients to her because I know her turnaround is really reasonable. That is also how we got started. And I think one of the secrets of our business's growth is that we build a website in a week. We usually list our pricing on our website. We give you an exact list of what our deliverables are. And we tell you what day we're going to launch it. Like that. It's a gift, right? Because people just, they have all these questions. You just answer them for them. And then you will be, you will find yourself uh, doing very good work with very happy people because they know their boundaries. They know their expectations. You know exactly what you're doing when you're going to do it. And it makes it a lot easier. Um, And what I've told people is that when you control non-creative variables in your work, it leaves more space for creativity. No one on my team ever has to like, um, revolutionize the way we book phone calls. That's not a point of creativity. I want anyone spending time on, we have a project manager who just gets that booked so that their brains can have time to do the creative, iterative idea-based work that our clients come to us for. And I think if you can do that, if you can use your website to build that system for you, it can make all of the stuff that is uh, not as fun in the business of being a creative easier so you can focus your energy and attention on your clients and the product that you make together. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, we do, we teach a different system when people are ready to jump into like a luxury, a luxury space, but I feel like people, sometimes people try to do that too soon and it hurts some of their momentum. So I think that they're just to throw that in that there are different 
there, if you're trying to change positions, there's like two different strategies to it. But what you're saying is like so important for like building that momentum, getting your reputation out there and having like something really clear that people know that they, what they can expect. So it's like taking so many of those fears off the table immediately. Yeah. I mean, people, especially when you're working with, like when you go and buy a car, it's not, it's, it's, it's pretty um, objective. (laughs) Like that is the car. It is that color. Do you want it to have this little beep beep swishy thing? Great. Pay extra. <laughs> that's that's like very tangible. The part that people hate about buying a car is the negotiation because that's when it becomes very intangible. Um, for creatives, we have to think about the fear that people are bringing to the table, which is what if I ask for this, but I get something totally different that I don't like? Like, how do you then go in and have that conversation with someone to say like, this is very nice, but it's not what I wanted. People, especially people who aren't creative themselves or don't work in a creative space, that is very, very, very intimidating. So I think no matter where you are, whether you're super high end or you are, you know, just getting started at the end of the day, even if you're super high end, the person who's going to be looking at your website is probably someone's assistant who's probably going to be kind of intimidated. So like you have to figure out how to make yourself approachable and clear no matter where you are in terms of your success and, um, and, and rate, because that's just also going to contribute to much better client relationships, better client relationships, create better projects, better projects, better client relationships, create a better, happier version of you. Um, And so whatever clarity you can bring to your process and however you can tell people about that through your website, ultimately is just like, it fights a lot of those battles for you that people are going to be bringing to the table in your initial consultations. Oh my gosh. So much. Yeah. Especially in, um, in a space where you're like, there's a, there's a thing there's, and then you deliver it. There's just all the, all these chances to make it easy for people, give them a great client experience. And, um, and then you really will have to market less and less because you've created so many loyal clients that the referral strategy will just keep working for you. So I love that. There's so many ways to show your work. There's so many ways to create your own individual aesthetic. And to kind of bring it back to the the question you asked at the top of the conversation is like, is it still important to put effort into your website? Your website is the place where you can get into the details with people. It's a place where you can allay a lot of those fears. And it's a place where you can convey who you are when they go to work with you, what the experience of working with you will be. Uh, there's lots of places to see your work, but I think there's only one place that you have that much control over the story of of you um, in whatever way you want to tell it, right? Maybe it's video, maybe it's writing, maybe it's blogging, maybe it's, you know, showing behind the scenes. There's so many different ways to do that. But I think the best creatives are the ones who have a connection with the people that they are doing work with and doing work for. Um, and I love websites as a place to like start building that connection. You just got me so hyped up about websites, Kelsey. I <laughs> Listen, you know, it's you, it's the dentist, it's whoever I'm talking to. Who needs a website? <laughs> a 
Everyone, everyone does. Okay, but tell us how you work. Do we come to Chicago and get our website knocked out? Like, how's this process work? You don't have to come to Chicago. Um, I have a very tiered approach to web design. Uh, so one, I have a book. If you want to build your website on your own, um, it's called Squarespace from sign up to launch. If you know a little bit about Squarespace but want to go further, you can go to Super High, where I have a course called Better Than Launched about advanced Squarespace tools. There's um, some great modals on like building a portfolio, e-commerce store, et cetera. And then if you are of the, the mindset that you would just like my team to build a website for you, uh, weekofthewebsite.com is where you can find lots of information about how we work and what we do. Our core product is a website in a week. We build it in a week. You have the weekend to look at it. Then you get some time in the following week to send us final round of changes, and then we get you launched on the following Friday. So it's a really quick process, but it, it hinges on like a very um, intentional project management experience. And uh, yeah, that's a good way to do it. So it's, it's you know, I, I, we, we really believe on our team that everyone deserves to have a good website. Uh, and for me, I love teaching people how to build websites, love building them for them, catch you wherever you are. So amazing. Well, thank you yeah. so much for sharing so much of your knowledge with us on this podcast. I know like I, I can feel everyone pulling up their website as we speak <laughs> to make some tweaks and to yeah. dive a little bit more into it. But um, how can we connect with you if we want to follow along with what you're doing? Yeah. So we're pretty active on Instagram. Week of the website uh, is our, our Instagram, ha Instagram handle. And then for book and course and other uh, fun projects, my website is uh, buykelseygk.com. And that's got lots of fun stuff uh, with, with everything that I have going on. Um, share other podcasts that I'll speak on and um, newsletter, that kind of thing. I love it. Well, thank you yeah. so much for your time. And we thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Yeah. Um, I always love coming up to Chicago, so we'll have to catch a, catch yes. a drink or something next time. <clears throat> That's the other thing I forgot to mention. We work completely virtually and asynchronously. So we have a teammate who's all the way in Hawaii. We've got folks on the East Coast. So you don't have to Chicago, come to Chicago, but if you do, you should come to our office and we'll have lunch. <laughs> we would love to. Thanks, Kelsey. Talk <laughs> Thank to you soon. You. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. We're so thankful that we can deliver this awesome content to you each week, and we're so thankful for your support and that you keep showing up to listen. If you want to dive in a bit more, we have our membership that is open year-round. We just launched a couple challenges inside of it, the Money Mindset Challenge and the Vision Challenge, and those are things you can walk through at your own pace. They're super fun and um, easy to get through and also really really inspiring if you're trying to make moves in your business. We have a monthly call as part of that membership too. So you get to join for a year, have community, jump in with a bunch of creatives and also walk through the curriculum together. So if you want more information on that, you can check out that and all of our other offerings at dangerschool.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you soon. This episode was produced and edited by the lovely Jen Madigan Creative. Music for this episode was written and recorded by Shammy D. Thanks for being part of our Dangerous Creatives podcast community and we'll see you again next time. Uh, 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 uh.